Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Who the fuck is Taylor Smith? <laughs> oh, man. What if we did a whole episode on Taylor Smith? <laughs> All right. So Taylor Swift grew up on a Christmas tree farm. So, you know, right away, this person is part of the problem. <laughs> she celebrates Christmas year round. Oh, can you imagine? No, I can't. I can't actually imagine. I don't want to imagine. I'm not going to imagine. You imagine how many people are going to tell us that uh, we can't possibly dislike Taylor Swift without being misogynists. Oh, yeah. I no, can't whatever. wait. To have it explained to me that the only way I could possibly dislike Taylor Swift is if I am a misogynist, which I must be. Yeah, we don't like her because she's a girl. <laughs> Taylor Swift fans are maybe actually the worst fandom on the planet. Who's worse? Who could possibly be worse than this? Uh, None. They're way worse than BTS fans. Yeah. Way worse than Beatles fans. Dude, I use my wife as a litmus test for every episode we ever do because every night before I leave, she's like, Oh, who are you guys recording tonight? And I always tell her. And tonight when I left the house, I literally go, oh, we're doing Taylor Swift and blah, blah, blah. She goes, are you serious? You're doing, <laughs> you're doing Taylor Swift? And I was, and this is not her saying it as like a fan. It's her like, oh my God, are you kidding me? You're actually going to do that? And I was like, oh shit. My wife is concerned. I, when I told her we were doing BTS, she was just like, Okay. And I was like, oh, shit, we're doing BTS. About that one. <laughs> I'm not that worried about Taylor Swift fans. I know they're shitty. So it's kind of like whatever, you know. Welcome to the podcast. Hope you enjoy. I legitimately did not know what was going to happen in response to the BTS episode. because I have no frame of reference for what was going to happen when we pissed off a bunch of K-pop fans. I know exactly what's going to happen in yeah. response to this episode. This is, this is almost guaranteed what's going to happen. For sure going to get called old. We're going to get called boomers. Mm -hmm. They're going to make fun of my weight. That's what's going to happen. I already know it. I'm getting ahead of it. I'm like Eminem in that, that rap song where he does the whole rap about all the things that make him. Well, okay. Yeah, I get it. I could lose 10 pounds. Anyways, Taylor Swift still sucks. Doesn't change anything. Did you see the thing recently where all these Taylor Swift fans were getting online and asking what was wrong with their vinyl copies of her re-recorded version of the album red because she had them mastered at 45 rpm and taylor swift fans don't know what that switch <laughs> on their turntable does I did not. and they were listening to it at 33 rpm oh god it's fucking great there's uh, i think i probably just go to amazon if you probably just go to amazon uh. and find the vinyl of the new vinyl the new version of red and go to the one star reviews <laughs> Tyler, it's Taylor's it's amazing. version. All, it's all these one-star reviews asking how come Taylor's trying to sing like a man. <laughs> and, and the best part, the best part though, is because these people are serious. Oh, They're not, shit. this isn't a fucking joke. It's not a prank. It's not like a weird hoax thing. These people are serious. So the best part is how many of them 
because she's she's doing re-recordings of her old songs so they don't know they, they know these songs from the original versions but they don't know what she's gonna change or not change about them when she re-records them for this thing yeah so they don't want to say that they don't like it they're like i mean i don't it's not necessarily bad i just don't know didn't know what to expect that that sentiment is in so many of them it's insane because they like they want to they're trying to figure out how they're going to have to gaslight themselves into saying that they like it if this is the way that it's supposed to sound in case there's not something wrong with it preload the the comment as heavily as possible <laughs> it's like a whole paragraph of how much they love taylor swift and then it's yeah. like this little blurb of like why does it sound like this I've been listening for 10 years. I swear I'm a fan, not a misogynist. Oh, shit. I would die. I did not know that. I would probably, like, cry right there reading some of that shit. Like, they don't know that there's two settings on a record player. First of all, you shouldn't even be buying vinyl. What are you doing? Just listen to it on Spotify or Apple Music, whatever. Don't be buying a vinyl if you don't know that there's two settings on the fucking player. I guarantee you at least half of the copies of that vinyl were purchased by people who don't own a turntable i'm sure it's it was what well, you thing is was it expensive i bet you that's an expensive vinyl to buy i feel like if there's even a chance that you can get played on a pop radio station you can tack 15 to 20 dollars onto the price of anything yeah. t-shirts stickers anything because in my head with honestly i have no idea what it costs it's double album 180 gram vinyl for sure 40 50 bucks i would i would guess more i would guess 60 bucks you know, Taylor is, is, she's like an indie, you know, like she was sticking it to the man. Self-made indie. She was fucking over, what the fuck is that guy's name? Scott Bruschetta. Yeah, fucking over that guy, the tomato guy, whatever, fuck him. Stuck it to him, so I'm going to buy her $70 vinyl. So I was not able to make it all the way through an entire Taylor Swift song at any point in researching for this episode because there is nothing to pay attention here. When something is this boring, I cannot force myself to pay attention to it. I don't even have ADD or ADHD or anything like that. I just do need something to pay attention to mm-hmm, mm-hmm. or I'm going to tune out. Well, you you glaze over pretty quick. Listen to it and like you get to the chorus once and then afterwards like, okay, okay, I get it. Yeah. Fucking stop. Each time it gets to the chorus and you're like, wait, that's the chorus? I don't need that experience in my life. First of all, she is not a good singer. Sorry. And if you do want to hear what she sounds like without auto-tune, then you should go find the video of her performing with Stevie Nicks on the Grammys in like 2010 or the second season of X Factor in 2012. That's what she sounds like. It's possible she's taken singing lessons since then, but that's not going to be the thing that makes me start caring years into a music career. Actually, I always felt that like Miley sang better. Miley was a better singer. She could actually Dude, are you sing. fucking serious right now? Miley Cyrus is an incredible singer. Yeah, it's like a different universe. Miley Cyrus is one of the best singers alive in pop music right now. Yeah, Taylor's not even in the top 100. I think all you really need to say about her early stuff is that the singles were hits on country radio past commercial country radio's expiration date of the year 2000. I'm not sure there's anything I can say more damning than that people who listen to post Y2K pop country made these songs hits. That's never good. I, the only Taylor Swift songs I have ever heard are the obvious top 40 hit songs. Like post-1984? Yes, yes. Everything. Or 1989? Yeah, 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 yeah. I was thinking about something that mattered. <laughs> it's pretty wild how much of a shift there was, though. Obviously, somebody in there was like, oh, if you just do pop music, you'll be bigger. 
a lot of the uh, older songs, I, I actually can't believe that they were actually popular. I'm listening to them now, obviously, through the lens of today, listening to the older stuff, and I'm like, wow, this was popular? This is bad. It, this is my wheelhouse. That shit sucks. I know. It's fucking bad. All I'm saying is it's probably not a coincidence that Johnny Cash and June Carter's house burned down about a year after Taylor Swift's first music video was filmed there. Yeah. That happened. Taylor Swift films a music video there. The house tries to kill itself. Yo, I think we should tell this story really quick about how we have tried to record this episode for almost a month. Almost a month we have tried to record this. I'm convinced that Taylor Swift is a witch. I'm just saying we have had a really difficult time recording this episode because really weird things keep happening. And I even texted you the other day and I said, I think that Taylor is a witch. This is like the fourth time that we have had fourth, to plan on fourth recording time. this episode. And yeah, so it is a little bit of a weird coincidence that their house burned down a year later. That's all I'm going to say. It's a weird coincidence. Worth pointing out. It's worth pointing and out. And that's why I did. <laughs> uh, as far as her early stuff goes, I mean, have people who listen to this not heard what actual country music on the radio, even on the radio, sounded like in the 90s or like 90s alt rock? Because Probably not. The Dixie Chicks, who I refuse to call just the chicks because I'm not a sexist, the Dixie Chicks shit all over this. And so does Avril Lavigne. If you listen to that music and then listen to Taylor Swift's first album, it's not even in the same universe of yeah. talent or ability or quality. And then if you do that, then you don't have to listen to a teenager who moved to Nashville from Pennsylvania literally one year prior to these recording sessions fake a Southern accent, which is just incredibly fucking obnoxious. Well, maybe she's from Southern Pennsylvania. I hope so. I hope so. That would make it all okay. It's it, so the thing is, is like for me, like I don't, I didn't, you know, country music is whatever to me. I'm not even from the South. I live in the, live here, but it still bothers me that people have fake accents. Anytime anyone has a fake accent, oh. we've talked about this in other episodes for other bands. It's so shitty. To be like, I think this is what I'm supposed to sound like. This is you, right? This is what you do, right? Which, which, I, which is weird because I feel like if we, any other artistic medium, when people do that, if I started painting like Jackson Pollock, people are going to go, oh, you're just painting like him. And people aren't going to like it. They're going to go, oh, that's shitty because you're just copying that. But for some reason, in music... We don't do that. Fake accents come up on this podcast all the fucking time. I don't time. understand why they're not punished. It's very rare that the person we're talking about has suffered social repercussions for yeah. faking an accent that they shouldn't be doing. No, if anything, they've, they've utilized it to launch their career further. Fake accents are always the worst. And I don't know how people didn't catch on to this with Taylor Swift because hers is awful maybe they were thrown off by the label waiting uh, another year to release the album and people thought two years was long enough for her to pick up the accent i have lived in the south since before i could walk specifically nashville since the age of nine and i sound nothing like this yeah so just fuck all the way off with this nonsense i have lived in nashville for almost 20 years and i do not have a southern accent like she has in those songs not even close. Here's the timeline. Taylor Swift decides she wants to be a country singer. So her rich parents who made money in banking or financial investments or some shit, her rich parents or and I guess also owning a fucking Christmas tree farm, maybe or however that happened. 
her rich parents bring her to Nashville in 2004. She gets a development deal immediately. Mm-hmm. Sessions for the first album are in 2005. The album comes out in 2006. So it is just a fake accent, and it's one that she's not even using anymore. If you are so delusional that you think that she's not faking this accent, she's now gone back to doing rootsy, roots-ish, rootsy stuff on the Folklore album, yeah. and she's not. the accent isn't there. It's not back. It did nope. not come back. No. She didn't lose it. She never had it. It's true. How do you reconcile this as a fan of something? You bury your head in the sand and you just pretend that the favorite artist that you've built your entire personality around can do no wrong. I can't believe that she has ever done an interview where she doesn't get asked this. This is how you know music journalism is fucking horseshit, by the way. The fact that no one has ever asked Taylor Swift why she did a fake accent on her early albums. Top of the list of questions. Yeah. Top of the list. Sure. Any journalist with integrity. Dude, fucking music journalism is a joke. It's a it's a fucking marketing. It's all it, Rolling Stone should just be part of a marketing strategy for everyone. Period. That's all it should be. They don't have a job if people aren't buying albums of the people that they're exactly. doing the article about. You're so not what gonna, do you think? Yeah, they're like yeah. fucking on the same team. What are you gonna do? Go on Stephen Colbert and he's gonna go. So tell me why you have an accent in this album, but you don't have one here sitting here talking to me like a normal person. Speaking of, anytime the unrelenting and ever present PR angle on any artist is that they write their own songs and then you go look at the songwriting credits and most of the singles have at least one co-writer mm-hmm. your bullshit detector needs to be going off yeah if it's a pop song the chances of it having one co-writer are just about zero and that's just talking about ones where there are other writers actually credited on it if you want right. to get in and talk about ghost writers right now yeah some conversation that we probably can't have without Anyways, I mean, I'm just thankful that like people like Drake don't have ghostwriters and shit. You know what I mean? Like at least in hip hop, they don't have ghostwriters. It's like real music. You're asking for you it. Know? You're tap dancing on the line right now. <laughs> Taylor Swift allegedly wrote all of the songs on her third album by herself. If you don't remember which album that was or which songs are on it, it's because it's the one where she allegedly wrote all the songs by herself. That is the album that sold the fewest copies of anything that she released. And she immediately followed that album up by bringing in Max Martin, which gave her her first number one record. So basically exactly the opposite of proving that she didn't need to work with co-writers. Yeah. Oh, I'm going to write all the songs on this one by myself. Cool. That sold worse than anything that you've ever put out. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, I'm going to bring in Max Martin. But at least I proved that I can write all my songs if I want to, right? If the songs were about Christmas trees in Pennsylvania, I'd be like, maybe, maybe she's got a point. It's another Christmas in Pennsylvania. Yeah. Then maybe I'd be like, oh, shit. Maybe maybe she did write this song. I don't have to sing if I'm just breathing on you. This is a song I wrote by myself. I would actually believe that song is real. I'd be like, oh shit, she probably did write that. This song's called Six Foot Christmas Tree. Are these professional songwriters aware of what's happening if Taylor is the one who comes into the room with a line like, and I forget about you long enough to forget why I needed to from the song All Too Well, maybe without mentioning how similar it is to a line from a song by this guy named Matt Nathanson from 10 years earlier called I Saw that has the lyric in it. And I'll forget about you long enough to forget why I need to. Uh, do, do, do Is she legally obligated to inform these songwriters that she may have just handed them a line from someone else's song? <laughs> and could they now yeah, yeah, yeah. sort of make, make a different song with this? But did you see? Use this one line. Guess I should write the rest of the song and not tell anybody that I did this. I like to think Max Martin and like 
any other uh, songwriter that she's ever worked with has like ghost Twitter accounts and shit like that. Anytime one of her fans is like, she wrote this and they're like, bullshit motherfucker, but they're like completely anonymous, but they can't use their actual names because they don't want anybody to know. I bet Max Martin is doing cocaine out of an albino cheetah's asshole right now. I don't <laughs> think he gives it. I don't think Max Martin in particular has anything to prove. No. <laughs> The other thing about this, though, is even if Taylor Swift is the main writer on these songs, who actually gives a fuck? Because these songs are bad. These songs are all the same cliched bullshit over and over and over, where she describes a boy's eyes, talks about how much he made her cry, and how he made her just want to go for a drive. Eyes, cry, drive. Eyes, cry, drive. Yeah, uh, can we just do this for another 15 or 20 songs? That's okay, right? I can make a whole career out of that. This is boring as absolute fuck. I don't care. I know that I'm not a teenage girl and it's not written for me. I like pop music. There's lots of interesting pop music. This is so boring. I like all kinds of songs written by people who have lived different experiences than me and write songs about experiences that I've never had. That's not even about this. My thing is, does Taylor Swift... Take someone outside to dance and or make out every time there's a rainstorm or did that happen one time and she's written 12 motherfucking songs about it? Yeah, that's what I need to know. If the truth came out that she only ever had five boyfriends and she just turned those five boyfriends into 50 fucking songs, I totally believe it. I'm convinced half the relationships that she's had that these songs are supposedly are about are just fucking PR bullshit from like some actors publicist told him that he just needs to go date Taylor Swift right now because that's what his story needs at this moment in time. But we will get to the ex-boyfriends because it's fair game on this episode because that's almost entirely why people give a fuck about this stuff. You know what makes like some music and even pop because pop can be smart. There's like nuance to it. There's no nuance in Taylor Swift songs. It's lazy writing, which maybe you would expect on a couple songs, but it's every song. It's like the first time someone writes a song, they write a song exactly of what happened. I went to the store tonight and got a beer and I drank the beer and now I'm drunk and then it goes into a chorus. But every song is like that. There are a lot of annoying things about Taylor Swift's music. And I think one of the most annoying things about her on album and on stage persona which therefore cannot be separated from the art. This is not an art versus artist thing because it's almost exclusively what the art is about. And that is what is so fucking annoying about it is that she is a professional victim in nearly all of her songs. I don't love that. I don't find that to be empowering in any way. If her music wasn't so fucking awful, I wouldn't even want to do this episode because we're giving her exactly what she wants. Yeah. Another opportunity to pretend that she is being bullied instead of receiving fair criticism that she absolutely has earned. If you really take a step back, it seems to be her whole personality is to just attack anyone who quote unquote wrongs her even pointing this victim thing out is liable to be treated and reacted to as if it is some unfair accusation some unfair accusation that she or her team tries to manufacture these controversies with herself positioned as a victim but it's not very outrageous when taylor swift herself has said that the song mean is about someone who pointed out how bad her singing was with stevie nicks at the grammys the way i did earlier in this episode So if it's over the line and bullying someone to say that a person walking out onto a stage with only a microphone, no instruments, their only thing they're carrying out there is a microphone because they are there to sing two Fleetwood Mac songs that they did not write, 
So that's not why I'm listening to it either. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm obviously here to hear her sing, right? She didn't write this fucking song. She doesn't have an instrument. She's walking out there with a microphone. I must be about to hear someone who's good at singing, right? Wrong? Oh, and I'm not allowed to talk about that. Mm -hmm. I'm not allowed mm -hmm. to talk about that she didn't do a good job singing or else that's mean. Yeah. What the fuck is going on here? Yeah. It's, it's, it's almost as if she's incapable of receiving any form of negative feedback usually what happens until a computer makes it sound like she's singing somewhere around the chorus she is doesn't she, use that tyler she does she mostly also isn't even trying to sing she mostly just kind of like breathes words into the microphone to a rhythm and pretends that there's something melodic about it pretends that she's like hitting different notes or some shit but she's basically just breathing the sonics of at least half of taylor swift's post country discography sounds like she's doing that thing where people take an old pop song slow it way down and sing it like it's supposed to be serious over like a xylophone or a ukulele because they're trying to get placed in a health insurance commercial or some shit think like everybody wants yeah. to rule the world and, and slow it down everybody yeah. God, that was such wants a thing. to rule <laughs> the world buy my just, health insurance she's just doing it with original songs instead of covers everything she does is exactly right and we love her and thank you taylor please tell us what to do next and she releases the song about how you're a piece of shit and all her fans go yeah you're a piece of shit and you're like what the fuck dude all I said was, have you considered singing better? <laughs> if that's the only thing you're going to do, have you considered maybe you should get good at it. <laughs> <Right>. And <laughs> it's, maybe you should get good. If anything short of unmitigated praise is over the line, I, is this what people mean by entitled narcissism? Because it seems like this is what people mean by the phrase entitled narcissist. Yes, I think I believe this is exactly what that is. Taylor Swift owes what her career is today to how many people already hated Kanye West when he rushed her microphone at that award show. Yeah. People fucking hated Kanye West. So when he did some mean shit to this poor little white girl, next thing you know, Scott Borchetta. And if you don't know who that is, then don't even waste anyone's time leaving any kind of comment on this episode. Scott Borchetta said Taylor's sales figures spiked after Kanye interrupted her on the MTV Awards. It was the best thing that happened to her absolutely the, the best thing that ever could have happened to it her. was way bigger than her winning the actual award kanye west handed her probably millions of dollars honestly and the thing is it couldn't have, he couldn't have done it to a worse person because a lot of other people at least i would think would have a sense of humor about it and laugh and be like who gives a fuck this is first of all it's the mtv award this is not the fucking <laughs> grammys doesn't matter jesus christ <laughs> It's fucking MTV Awards. They like, don't even play videos anymore. Exactly. They didn't at the time. At this point, they, they were playing road rules <laughs> every fucking day. Paris Hilton and Nicole Richie on a farm yes. or some shit. <laughs> they never played her music video and they still have an award show. No one gave a shit that she won the award. Everyone gave a shit that Kanye West came up and she had zero sense of humor about it. And then it turned into a whole nother thing. They milked that shit forever. Remember, it was like, oh, he called to apologize and it was on speakerphone and they recorded the conversation and shit. Some, it's gnarly, dude. If I was Kanye West, I never would have apologized to him. Like, yeah, fuck off. Especially if you include friend breakup songs with about all the other women that she's found a way to have some kind of beef with. The vast majority of Taylor Swift songs are the same thing over and over. And it is absolutely weaponizing her fan base. That song, Better Than Revenge, is like some high school version of a Tammy Wynette song where... 
Some other evil girl is going to fuck your helpless boyfriend away from you because of how much of a slut she is. And that's the other girl's fault, not your partner's fault. Mm-hmm. It's not your dumbass boyfriend who cheats on you's fault. It's the other girl's fault. These are lyrics in this song. This is a real person, by the way. Like <laughs> This is a real fucking person who her fans obsess over figuring out the identity of. Who it is. And then go be assholes, too. Yeah. I'm not making this up. This is fucking real. If you're a Taylor Swift fan, these people are on your side, and these are your fucking friends, and you need to get them in check, all right? These are lyrics in this song. She's not a saint, and she's not what you think. She's an actress. She's better known for the things that she does on the mattress. that's shitty yeah that's a shitty thing for a woman to say about another woman no matter what that's low blow bullshit this is mark mosley talking uh by this time you probably have a good idea whether you agree with us or not and if you don't like the podcast that's completely fine everyone needs a moronic friend either way we don't really care we just like to get discussions going around all these topics you know if you're a fan of me tyler do us a favor. Go ahead and share this episode. Yeah, tweet about it. Post it on your Facebook. Actually, the thing I think you should do, click the little share button on whatever phone you have. Send it to someone that you know likes the band of the episode that you're currently listening to. It is most important <laughs> thing that you know where your friends stand with these things. And the only way to know that is you send them this episode. You wait for the fallout to happen. Right. Then go to yfbspod.com. You can get stickers, buttons, shirts. By the time you're hearing this, there's no telling what will be in the store. Just get something. Yeah. Make sure if it's a sticker, like put it on your car. On the passenger side window facing in after that friend doesn't even acknowledge that you sent them the episode but they definitely listen to it no way to resist it it's kind of awkward the next time you see them sure especially when you're wearing your favorite band sucks Mm t-shirt you know yeah you'll like it i'm trying i'm trying a new catchphrase out you'll like it you'll like it mark says you'll like it When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I don't care for one fucking second to name any of the names of the famous dudes that Taylor Swift has dated or any of the famous guys or girls that she's not friends with anymore and which songs are supposed to be about about which celebrity. But if you wiped that tabloid aspect of her career out of the picture, she would not have a career. There's no chance people are paying attention to this stuff without all of the, ooh, who's it about? Worst aspect of being in high school bullshit that this entire fucking career is. Think about some highlights from her career. It's the truth is the highlights are Kanye West interrupting her thing, her dating and now her breakup with. This is what's been used and highlighted as a way to keep her relevant and in the conversation. It's just at this point, I would assume that any stand up guy, if you're smart, would never want to date Taylor Swift. She's poisoned the well so hard. That's the thing. She's going to spend the rest of her life dating people who just want to fuck her over so that she'll write a song about them. And that's what they want. Taylor has completely pigeonholed herself into dating only shitbags for the rest of her life. She's really fucked herself over. Uh, Be hard for a guy that like actually has got a career and a nice guy. Be like, well, okay, I guess I'm going to risk everything I've done to date 
her and I hope that she likes me because if she doesn't, she's going to write a song and then her entire fan base is going to find me on Twitter and my job and try to get me fired. Yes, sounds great. Can't wait. If these songs were good, then who they are supposed to be about would not be 90% of the conversation that people have about these songs. Dude, unequivocally, nobody would give a shit. There are so many massive love songs in the history of pop music, so many massive breakup songs in the history of pop music that are good. Therefore, nobody ever even thinks to try figuring out who they're about. It never became a conversation. It never came up because it was a good song and it was art that could stand on its own two legs and it doesn't need a fucking tabloid to sell it. And Taylor Swift is so full of shit about this because she acts like she's above confirming who certain lyrics are about and says she wants the songs to be relatable to her fans. But the entire time she is dropping super specific clues in the liner notes, in the song titles, she names specific makes of cars like Jaguars and Range Rovers for all these normal people who've never dated a rich and famous actor or musician who she wants to relate to this song. Everyone's out here uh, dating people who drives Jaguars and Range Rovers, right? All my fans in the Midwest. It's just a fucking coincidence that this person who's super famous that I happen to have dated has been photographed behind the wheel of this specific kind of car (laughs) a ton of times. And you can just go find pictures of it on the internet and figure out who I wrote this song about. Black 2010 Ford Ranger. And it's super annoying that the lyrics themselves are written with this attitude that she's getting these people back by writing these songs about them. She has said that she writes songs by thinking of burns or zingers that she'd like to say to people in real life, but like won't do it in real life, which I mean, that's a whole fucking different thing. If you think that like doing it in a song is somehow morally superior to saying it directly to a person's face, you fucking suck as a person. Yeah, this is just mean girl shit, but she believes she thinks it like matters. She thinks that when she writes a song about someone who has pissed her off, it is the ultimate burn that nobody can ever come back from. When in reality, it is the exact opposite of that. You writing this song means you're more fucked up about them than they are about you. They probably don't think about you. You're writing songs about them. They win. The song isn't you winning and one-upping, but like, ha, got you. I wrote a hit song about you. No, that makes you look petty as shit. Like, you think you're still having some kind of conversation about this relationship when, in fact, there is no relationship or conversation because this person has moved way the fuck on. That's not badass. It's fucking pathetic. It's the exact opposite. By the way, when was the last time you were talking to anyone, anyone that you know, and they brought up one of their exes and then the conversation that you had was awesome after that? No, it's always shitty. Nobody wants to hear about your ex or anyone's ex fucking ever. And if anyone listening to this is guilty of talking about your ex in anything over 5% of the conversations that you have, you need to understand that everyone fucking hates talking to you. I wish I had a good example of a good breakup song because there are some really great Marvin Gaye. Marvin Gaye's Hear My Dear album, he was... Forced by a, his divorce judge to give his wife the royalties from his next album. So the next album he made is called Hear My Dear. And the whole thing is about how much his wife was a fucking asshole <laughs> and all the shitty stuff that she did to him while he was married. And he put that out and told the entire fucking world. And my favorite song on there is called You Can Leave, But It's Gonna Cost You. <laughs> See, well, that's cool. See, Marvin Gaye did it and did it well. This is like a story that came out years after the fact. People might not have even known this yeah, until after he died. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it wasn't obvious. Like, 
here's an album of everyone I've ever dated. You know, it's a breakup album. And obviously, like you're listening to the lyrics, you can tell what the fuck he's singing about. But this is way before social media. This is way before, like, I doubt there was a book written about Marvin Gaye while he was still alive. He was pretty young when his dad shot him and yeah, everything. Yeah, so yeah. Like, I, I think that this is all came out after the fact and people figured it out. That's the way you handle that shit. And it was fucking court mandated, basically. So yeah. pretty good excuse to yeah. do that, by much, the way. Much different than just some guy going, you suck. I don't want to date you anymore. Oh, you don't want to date me anymore? And I'll show you. That's all. It feels like spiteful. The thing is, it's is definitely people, spiteful. Normal people do this shit. And we would say, that's a spiteful, shitty thing to do. I get it. You're hurt. But like the best thing to do living well was the best revenge. She went the exact opposite way. Dude, are you familiar with the song? Look what you made me do. Yes. It is one of the most pitiful things ever put it to paper. so bad. Aside from being the worst possible mashup of Peaches, Lady Gaga, and Right Said Fred, the entire premise is that her actions... And if you get into the whole, the old Taylor is dead stuff, then her entire personality, not just her actions, are simply a reaction to other people because she does not have an actual identity or willpower of her own. If your actions are dictated primarily by the actions of others to the degree that someone can say something to you that makes you decide you're going to be a new person from now on, then you were literally never a person in the first place. Yeah. Look at what you made me do is not powerful. Run away from people like that. That is not how adults, mature adults act. Look what you made me, like what, like what you like killed my dog or something? Look what he made me do? No, you did that. You made me kill my old personality. The old Taylor Swift is dead. And this is ultimately the biggest problem here. It is fine when, if pop stars don't write their own songs. I don't give a fuck about that. Nobody with a brain in their head cares if pop stars are writing their own songs. Anyone who gives a shit about that is an idiot. But the job of a pop star is to have a pop star persona. And if we don't have that, we've got a problem because the pop star persona is what is supposed to sell the songs that are written by professional songwriters. If a pop star doesn't have a star personality, what are we even doing here? You know how every time an artist is extremely boring, it leaves all this room for fans to come up with conspiracy theories like the Paul is dead thing with the Beatles. Yep. Just because of how boring the band is. So they got to come up with all this extra shit to make it seem more interesting. Sure. So they have something to talk about because there's nothing, <laughs> else, to, nothing, to, nothing else to talk about. Yeah. So it would take entirely too long to run down the list of conspiracy theories that Taylor Swift fans have come up with for this exact reason. But one of my favorite ones is apparently there are all these people on 4chan who think that she used to post there mm. because all posts on 4chan are anonymous right thousands of people who legitimately believe that taylor swift was once a poster on 4chan as if that website wouldn't break her in less than 12 hours <laughs> yeah i was gonna say i don't if she did jesus there's no there's chance no way she's no. not emotionally prepared for that dude level. i think goatsy would probably ruin this girl's life yes. once yes 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 if you watch interviews with her and you can do it with like a i'm not a taylor swift fan or you just look at it from like a neutral standpoint. It's very dry and forced. It feels, it doesn't strike me as like this like interesting, charismatic person. When I talk about forced, I would love, love to somehow, even if they had to be anonymized or something, get everyone who she brought out on that tour where she was like bringing out a special guest friend of hers at each concert. And apparently the entire point was to be like, this person's my friend. I want an oral history of that, of each one of those instances. I want every fucking celebrity who she co-opted into 
her brand mm-hmm. by making them part of her squad or whatever she called it. I would love to find out how that conversation was initiated with each one of them, mm-hmm. what they were told was going to happen sure, and what they thought it was going to be like, what their expectations were versus their actual experience of it happening and how many of them regretted doing it because it seems like the most awkward shit ever. This is the thing is because we live in Nashville. I, there's stories that I can't share because I don't want uh, people that I've kn- that I know to get burned by. I I actually met her one time at a concert. Taylor Swift, yeah, Taylor Swift, like in her and her <laughs> band at the time. Whatever. How did we get this deep into this episode without you? <laughs> I'm gonna let you take this one. I'm gonna get another beer. I'm telling you, dead serious. She looked at me like I like I didn't even talk to her. It was it was almost like I wasn't actually worthy of having a conversation with her. Is what it kind of felt like. I think people are going to listen to this story and go, oh, oh he I know doesn't exactly like, what's going to happen. He doesn't when like her. It comes out. Yeah. They're going to think this whole episode happens because of that. <laughs> yes, it doesn't. I didn't even know I that happened promise. until you just fucking yes. started talking about it. <laughs> yeah. In all fairness, you didn't even know. I did not tell you that story at all until I, this very moment in life. I didn't know that either one of us had ever been in a room with Taylor Swift. Yes. I, many uh, one degree of separations to Taylor Swift. And I just don't want to burn any of those people. There's this great thing that happens in pop music and hip hop also, which is basically what pop music is now. And that is ad libs. There's an ad lib vocal track on just a shitload of the hit songs that are on pop radio right now. I would say definitely most of them. The thing about doing an ad lib vocal track is that having a personality is a pretty huge part of that. Therefore, Taylor Swift is the actual worst ad lib artist of all time. When you're listening to one of her songs and there's an entirely separate vocal track for her to interject reactions to the main lyrics by going, yeah, what, woo, or whatever, just like any sort of vocal punctuation in response to the main vocal track. The correct way to do that is for the ad lib vocal track to have a distinct sound separate from what the sound of the main vocal track is possibly, possibly, possibly if we're talking about someone like Eminem or, you know, anyone with talent, possibly representing another aspect of the artist's personality Mm -hmm. because there are multiple aspects to their personality. I realize this is going to be like a fucking mind blowing concept to a lot of the people listening to this, but if there are two vocal parts, then the smart thing for them to do would be to play off of each other but Taylor Swift can't do that. And her ad libs are always in the exact same tone and register as the main vocal. So they just kind of like blend together and it never works. It's basically like a bad actor. These new selfie videos that like comedy people are doing on the internet, recreating a conversation between two people. Like they'll change the angle or hit the mirror image thing and and they'll take on a different voice. So listening to Taylor Swift do this is kind of like one of those videos, except if the person was so bad at acting that you couldn't tell which person they were trying to be. You couldn't tell that they had switched characters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's just like one person talking to themselves. And this is not just her ad libs either, by the way. Pretty much anytime she has to put any kind of there's a song I knew you were trouble. Her her voice is so like noncommittal. 
it sounds like a person trying to pretend to have fun on the dance floor because all their friends are partying way harder and they feel self-conscious about not having as much fun as their friends. So they're like trying to pretend to have more fun than they are. That's what all her O's and woe's sound like. There's lack of a soul to it. It's kind of, I don't know how to describe that. One thing I would say is uh, the Taylor Swift album Reputation is definitely a better album than 1989 because on Reputation, they finally just leaned in to her being a bad singer Mm -hmm. that they were trying to fix with auto-tune and started burying her vocal under (laughs) auto-tune and even like really heavy vocoder. Still, if you're like if you're at home and just pressing play to listen to that shit on purpose, then you should probably be aware that there are albums that exist by an artist named Robin. And if you didn't already know that, then there's a lot you don't know about music and life in general. But <laughs> good luck to you. I wish you the best. <laughs> Dropping the Robin reference. That's sick. I'm sure that Miley Cyrus's life has mostly been great. But if she sings a song about feeling bad, you believe that she has felt bad. Yeah. She can fucking sell it to you. Yeah. She can sell it without a machine selling it to you. She just can sell it as who she is and what it is and how she sings it. I would be willing to bet that she could record an acoustic album without using any digital equipment of any kind. Yeah. No auto-tune at all. And it would do crazy numbers yeah because she can legitimately sing is legitimately talented i met miley cyrus once too she was really let's go sweet. man let's go let's hear it I, oh, dude it was it, she was very sweet she was super sweet she was with dude this was very a long time ago but she was with some famous dude at the time and what was interesting was the whole time that we talked to her she was like very like he's the famous he's one the big deal. yeah 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 she was just like so i don't know maybe because she grew up in fame and she grew up with famous parents so her 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 experience was different. I don't know. She was she was great. I believe she was a one hit wonder. I'm not 100 percent certain on that, so don't get mad at me if I'm wrong about it. Sorry if I don't know her other hit songs. But the only song that I really know by this artist, whose name is Melanie, one word, Melanie, is this song "Brand New Key." If you are a Taylor Swift fan, I want you to honestly ask yourself if you think that she could pull off a cover of that song. When a song is that fucking horrible on paper as that song is, and it still works as a recording that you enjoy listening to, it is entirely because of the artist's personality, not the talent of any musician playing on the track. It is all personality. And Melanie had personality, and she sold that dog shit song (laughs) to where you would still enjoy listening to it. I need to go check it out. That's awesome. Sounds great. Hold on, let me talk like I'm from the South because I moved to Nashville 20 years ago and this is how people talk when they live here. Maybe I'll do a whole episode where I talk like this the whole entire time because I live in Nashville now. Okay, y'all, see you next time. Hey, and if your favorite band is Taylor Swift, your favorite band does suck. You're welcome for listening to your favorite band sucks. Go on, head to our website and get a link to the episode and post it all up on your social medias. All the t-shirts in our merch store do come with sleeves on them because we can't get the goddamn millennials at the factory to take them off. But you can just put a pair of scissors to them when they get to your house. All right, y'all be sure and come back in a couple weeks, you hear? Because we're set to do an episode about the chain smokers, whoever the fuck that is.